you and I need to spread this word and try to get get all of us on the same page, whether you're Republican or Democrat. Can't we all be green? Don't we all want to swim in a clean lake? <laughs> Hi, I'm Michelle Yan, and you're entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name's Steve, and this is World Gone Good, the podcast where we shine the light into the darkness to prove there is plenty of good still going on. Please help us spread the good by sharing, subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on whatever platform you are listening on right now. And yes, follow us on your social medias. You love social medias. We are at World Gone Good Podcast on Instagram. And on Twitter, we are at World Gone Good 1. That's at World Gone Good and the number one. There's so much good out there. Why not help us spread it around? Okay, spoiler alert. Mother Earth is pissed at us, people. We know this, right? To quote a pop song, it's getting hot in here. It's getting hot out. There, it's getting hot. We know this, okay? Uh, I can't afford to pay for pop songs, so you, you, you get me. You feel me? We've had previous guests, like the Urban Farms, Greg Peterson and Chef Alejandra Schrader, come on here to yell at us. Just kidding, they didn't yell, but they were pretty dang honest about what is happening on planet Earth. Shameless plug: you can listen to those two good episodes after you listen to this one. Just search the episode guide on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. So I've been trying to make Mother Earth happier, okay? A few months ago, we had a solar attic fan installed on our roof. Yeah, they cut into our roof, and they put in this fan that pulls the hot air out of the attic. And get this, it's solar. It powers up, and it keeps going even when the sun don't shine. I didn't say where the sun don't shine, people. I said when, when the sun don't shine. We don't have central air conditioning. And I got to tell you, the difference is amazing. Our house is not heating up as much as it used to. I mean, like by 10 to 15 degrees cooler we are than we were before. And the best part about all this is that it is powered by our good pal, the sun. I was like, okay, that worked out. What else can I do that's a little bit selfish because it's all about me and for me and for my house? Okay, I asked myself that very question just as I was throwing my billionth, billionth banana peel into the garbage. This instantly reminded me in that moment, why haven't I started composting? I've been talking about it for years. I need to compost already. All the cool kids are composting. You people know that I want to be a cool kid. So if the cool kids are doing something like composting, it's time for me to do it. I looked up some composting tips and guess what? I found out our town gives you a composter for half price. You know how I love a deal. I went to Fiji on a Groupon. That's a true story. I'll tell you that another time. But we were so excited to find out that we got 50% off a new composter. So we drove up to the dump, which in our town is apparently where you get your discount composter. Uh, Side note, our local dump is on a street named County Dump Street. That's really good marketing, if you ask me. Says it right in the title. Um, We get our half-price composter and bring it home. And I'm like, okay, all right. Where do I turn this thing on? And then I realized, one, you don't just turn it on. You don't have to turn it on. And um, two, I needed somebody who knew a little bit more about composting than I do. And that is who my guest is today. 
Michelle Yan is a composter, gardener, storyteller, actress, wife, mother, and superwoman. And I want to warn you right now, if you think I have a lot of energy, oh, my good friends, I am in a coma compared to this incredible lady. Okay, so here it is. We are going to start super wide, super, super wide. And I'm going to warn everyone listening. Okay. Right now. Neither Michelle or I need caffeine, but when we, if we have it, watch out. I didn't have any today. Have you had any? I did, but I've been up since 4.30 this morning, Steve. Okay, great. So you've been warned, audience. Okay, Michelle, I'm going to go super wide. Here's the first question. What is good about composting? Oh my God. There's so many benefits of compost, but for me, it helps pull the C2 out of the atmosphere. That's my number one is sequestering carbon from the atmosphere with compost, Steve. And I've been talking about compost for 30 years. If you were my wedding, you got a rain stick and a book on backyard composting. <laughs> Wait, this is what I wanted to ask. Where did this love of composting start? Right. We learned about it in science class in fourth grade. What the hell happened to everyone? When I moved to Hollywood in the mid-80s, I was composting. Next to my trash can was a little patch of dirt. And that was my first compost pile, 1986. And did you know, did you know how to do it? There was nothing to do. You throw a banana peel, you cover it with some brown. That's your greens, that's your browns. You don't have to get all scientific. It's browns and greens, the nitrogen and carbon. But the, 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 the greens are considered your fruits and vegetables, your grass clippings, your yard trimmings. And then you add your browns and that's your wood mulch or your straw. And I like to do my browns like six to one. But when I lived in Silver Lake, I had a mulcher chipper shredder. And so I take all my leaves and sticks and I make beautiful mulch. And then I'd add my compost and it was happening so fast for parties. I used to go out and impress people with my piles and I'd stick in that, that composting, that pitchfork and I pull it back and steam would rise up out of my compost. It was so hot. Because I was mulching all my leaves and stuff. But even now, I don't have a mulcher. I just, I just make piles everywhere. I'm called the pile lady in my neighborhood. The number one thing people bring about composting is they go, oh, my God, the smell. Uh, oh, please. you know what? Go to a landfill. <laughs> you smell the landfill. You think that smells bad. It's like the smell, then you're not doing it right. And that's probably because it's too wet. So like when grass gets too wet, it becomes so stinky, Pete. You can't even deal with it. But then it, it's so easy. I but if you want to do a closed container, which everyone loves that, it's above the ground, it's two units, and you kind of crank it with someone. It's like heavy, it's like a heavy-duty plastic, a two-system. I wish I had a picture I'd show you. And that's what a lot of people have. Okay, wait a minute. Let's go back to your wedding. What was the going-away gift? You know how when you were in weddings for your – it wasn't going – you know when you're – for the the grooms, like the, the bridesmaids and the groomsmen, you give it – like most people give like a, a, a pearl earrings or for the men to get something beautiful. You got a back a, – a, a rain stick because we love music and a book on backyard composting that, again, my friend Mary Alice helped edit. All right. You are passionate about this. My question to you is, does your family share this this passion or did you force it on them? Did you – did you Michelle yawn them into it? Yes. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. Because the thing is, once you understand something, you can't un-understand it. Is that a word? Un-understand? But so the thing is, we made a commitment to really try to have the smallest carbon footprint we could. What does that look like? Well, it means that you're not buying stuff in plastic, first of all. That's yes. the easy stuff. So when we go to the grocery store, we can only go the fruits and vegetables. And I bring all my own containers for some of the bulk items. 
you know, every now and then I collapse and I bought some yogurt in a plastic or sour cream, some of the evil dairy I still get, which I could make that. But so my kids didn't get crackers, bread in a plastic bag, cereal in a plastic bag. Turns out all that stuff is so toxic and bad for them anyway. So for Christmas one year, they got the Kashi cereal from San Diego in, in a plastic bag. It's a bag inside of a cardboard box. They, they, they trick you. You think, oh, it comes in a cardboard box, but it doesn't. So we need to redo all of our packaging. All right. So let me ask you this. My, my listeners are listening and they are being hit with all of this reality, right? But then, then there's the way I've talked about it on my show before. There's the ocean. It feels like too much. And in everything that's going on in the world, it's like, oh, it's too much. It's too much. I want you to talk my listeners through three to, three to five things. I want you to number them that they can do right now that are super easy to just get started. Go. Ride your bike. Now in LA, I know that's hard. That's dangerous. But if you can ride your bike or carpool, just limit your transportation. If you get on a plane, then I ride my bike for a month after I've been on a plane. And then what's the next thing? The most important thing to ride a bike. Okay. Here's an easy one. I would say dry your clothes out on the closet. You don't need your, uh, the dryer for that. I would hang your clothes to dry. And then, um, I buy all my food in bulk and at the farmer's market. So I eat healthier food. Then I buy buying all that, all that chemical and all that stuff and all that packaging. So simple food, local food. And I try to cook a lot more, you know, just slow it down a little bit. Um, and I know that sounds like, oh, it takes too much time, but I don't know. I think that's your health insurance is eating really good. Like Michael Pollan, follow Michael Pollan's rules. Okay. That was only four things. I need one more. What's another one? Really green thing. Oh, number one, compost. Cause it pulls that it, it's, it pulls carbon out of the atmosphere. When you compost that banana peel, it helps pull carbon. It's one of the best ways to pull carbon out of the atmosphere. Planting trees and composting. Those are really important too. So now I just said six, if I'm right. That's great. We just planted a brand new baby tree where our, where our avocado tree died. He got sick. Yes. And he died. And so we waited a while and then we had to get down there and get somebody to come in and get out the entire you know, root system, because I, it would, you got to, if you're going to do that to to help the new tree, you can't put a tree on top of a dead tree. And so we have a brand new baby red maple. Um, I think it's a, it's beautiful. And he's already grown like over a foot on the top. Like he's just sprouting away. So you take some compost and just put around the base of that tree. And then when you water it, every time you water that compost, those nutrients get pulled with the water down deep into the roots. Now here in Santa Barbara, we have a, a deal with the city and I will tell you, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to, as of this this week broadcast recording with you, we can get a full compost barrel for $45. <gasps> oh my God, Steve, I'm going to come up there and help you get that compost right. It's so easy. You just put your banana pills in there and you get some leaves from your neighbors. If you don't have leaves from your neighbors, I go get like a bale of straw. And then I always just add that next to it. But before I use it for my compost, I have a little seating. I made a little couch first. I took my bales of straw, made a little seating area, had some people <laughs> over. Then I used it for my compost. But actually, because of COVID this year, we were making a couch and my friend said, hey, let's separate it, make everyone six feet apart. So Aww. we're having outdoor events in Santa Cruz and we're doing social distancing. We're back to like keep everyone safe. Um, we're all vaccinated, but you know, I know some people that aren't. And so it's a tricky time for everybody, right? We're in a freaking pandemic, but the compost and gardening, man, it soothes your soul. And I don't know if anyone's read or listened to braiding sweetgrass. It's such an amazing story. And it really looks at how we're so disconnected 
and learning from sweetgrass, which is a type of grass you would braid together and the indigenous people would make these beautiful baskets and um, that how being connected to nature is really healing and putting your hands in the soil, that microbial life, it makes you happy. That's really amazing. Now let's go to another place completely. Obviously, you love to rant. I think you know where I'm going with this. Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) You used to do a show when I met you in Los Angeles. The Silver Lake Rants. The Silver Lake Rants. We did it for almost a decade, all over different venues. Our favorite was the Knitting Factory and then Spaceland. I convinced the owners to let me come in early before all the club goers would come. So our shows were 7 to 8. We're out the door at 8.15. We were in line. The clubbers were coming in line. You know, those shows didn't start till 9.30. I remember. And I remember that because I remember they would like pull these walls back, if I remember right. And like suddenly it was a club. And I'd be like, what is happening? But you did this whole show. But tell my listeners, what was the show about? Well, you know what? I just felt there were so many women that weren't getting to do um, stand-up. All the shows were so male-dominated. So I wanted to try to create something for the female comics. And also just... I was in an improv class and that one assignment was like, what would you rant about? So it wasn't necessarily like joke, joke, joke. It was like, what's your ranting? But, you know, fun actors and writers and producers, they can tell a good story. This was before the moth. So it wasn't necessarily stand up. We would have different themes like summer vacation, first job, sex, money, Shakespeare, which would be like Shakespeare. But every actor has some good Shakespeare story. So. <laughs> Never know. And then always before the rant, we would always kind of joke with each other and just talk. So it felt like, I don't know, we were all just kind of in the living room somewhere hanging out because I would keep a mic in the audience and ask my ranchers, Sharon Houston and Lori Allen and Abby Shagner, Jessica Wood. I would just ask them these questions and we had so much fun. I would love to come to LA and do another rant, but the M bar is now closed down. So I'm looking for a venue. It might be in Santa Barbara though, Steve. Uh, I will be there. And that's actually how we bridged our relationship because you came out and you auditioned and got into 15 minutes of femme. Yes, that's right. The hardest part for you was just making it 15 minutes. Well, I don't know if you remember, I was just talking about this the other day because I wrote my piece, I practiced my piece at Art Steli, my friend who was helping me write and direct. She's like, we're doing it for a small audience. And when the waitresses change shifts, around 2.30 is a good time to go in there. So we had like 15 people. We did a dress rehearsal at Art Steli. <laughs> and I was exactly what it was going to be. And then the night of the show, as I was running through the audience up those three steps to the stage, I tripped. <gasps> remember that? I and a guy in the front started saying something to me. I started saying something to him. Some of my props fell. I had a guitar. I put that down. I started talking to this guy. I got a couple laughs, so I just went with it. Well, I went with it for almost 10 minutes, and then my little alarm went off when I was supposed to wrap up. I hadn't even started thing. I looked in the booth where you were. I'm like, what should I do? Like, I said something, and like, you yelled. Everyone turned around and looked at the booth, <laughs> at least in my memory. And you're like, just keep going, yawn. It's like, all right. So it was like, I didn't even do the bit that I had rehearsed. I did this whole new bit, but it seemed like it went well. (laughs) (laughs) I had a fun time that night, Steve. Oh, I I always had a fun time with all of you. And it's so funny because I've had so many of the femme ladies on here. Here's a question that I ask so many, so many of the men and women who come on this show. If you could talk to 15, 14, 13-year-old you, what would you tell her? Yeah, don't worry so much about um, about what everyone thinks about you. That's, that's so cliche. Everyone says that. Try to love yourself. Be who you are. Don't forget who you are and be that person well. 
Be the best you every day. And when people try to bring you down, just have a little moment, do a little meditation, think of something positive and just move on. It's usually not about you. It's about them when someone's mean to you, right? And that's what I'm learning. The people that are nasty and mean, they're the unhappy ones having a hard day. So we just got to love them up anyway. I love that. Now, you and I both know because you've already talked about it. The, the planet is melting. I will say this. There are three different stories, like the great the great collapse, the great unraveling. That's one story. Yes, it's happening in our lifetime. Number two, business as usual. Yes, I still have to go to the dentist to get my teeth cleaned. But number three, the great turning. The great, here we are, this great opportunity to change. This, this, it's like moving a barge in the ocean. We have to change so many things that even in 10 years out, we can't even imagine how different it could look. And with biomimicry, like trying to imitate nature, we could solve so many of these challenges. In one generation, we could compare, we could repair the soil. There's a bunch of talks happening right now, this regenerative agriculture. We have to stop, you know, it's called no-till gardening, no more digging. We need to, every time we dig, we disturb all that mycelium that's underground. Turns out that mycelium, it's like this magic shit. Everyone has to watch Fantastic Fungi. It will restore your faith. There is a crazy scientist, I wanna go just, help him and work with him. And he is spreading the good work. And so some of these fungi, guess what they're doing, Steve? Tell me. They're digesting plastic. I can't even believe it. They're looking at this mycelium and thinking it is adapting to digest the nightmare that is our, on our planet. So oil and plastic, it's not that we, oh, we have to worry about plastic now. The mushrooms can take care of it. No, but we're figuring out a way to solve this problem. We have to stop producing all this plastic and we have to get off fossil fuels, which is the great turning. We are at the end of fossil fuels. So it's, that is just traumatic thinking about it. But then exciting, we think about this new clean green energy. I mean, photosynthesis happens by the sun. It's amazing that plants have sun and they turn it into food. Is that crazy? They just need sunlight. Like, I want to live on sunlight. So when I asked you if the world, you know, we know that the world is melting. Yeah. Your answer, though, is you still believe there's hope. Oh, I absolutely do. We have all, we could fix all these problems right now. We all just have to get on the same page. So we need artists and storytellers more than we need scientists and programmers. They figured out what we can do. But Steve, you and I need to spread this word and try to get Get all of us on the same page, whether you're Republican or Democrat. Can we all be green? Don't we all want to swim in a clean lake? Exactly. So I just feel like we have to be able to bridge. And, you know, politically, there's been such misinformation that it's amazing how I can be. I, I feel like I'm on the opposite side of a lot of issues now with some of my friends. It's so crazy, like that a mask is dangerous to wear a mask, that it causes you to get sick because of all the carbon you're, you're, you're not getting fresh air, which is ridiculous. Well, I think we can break that down, though, because there's, a, there's a, a meme that I just put up on my social media the other day, which is says, who wants change? And all these people go, I do. Who wants to make change? No one says anything. Who wants to lead the change? And then everyone leaves. Because that's the thing is like, that's what it comes down to. Everything you're talking about is we all, yes, yes, we have to change. Oh, but shit, I have to make a change. Right. Well, that's, that's the story of our damn lives. I've said this a million times in, in one form or another on the show in the last year, which is you can say you want to lose weight, for instance. I want to lose, not me, but I'm just saying somebody might say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. You can say that all you want until you take action. 
Right, right. You're just talking. Right. Well, that's why I would say for everyone, go fall in love with a river, a creek, a mountain, a flower bed, because then you're going to want to save it. And the other thing I'll say is plant something, anything. And you can even take celery, leave the bottom part on, put it in water. It will root and a little sprout will grow up. It will grow in water. And when you grow something and you nurture it, you get so excited. Like I've seen middle-aged guys get so excited the first tomato sprout, you know, that's coming up. Right, it's the most exciting thing. Growing anything puts you like it's the miracle of life when you see, you know, what you can do. And even I have a small little garden in Santa Cruz, but it is so it's so vibrant and alive. And 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 a, a great quote about gardening is: "Gardening is the slowest performing art." That's beautiful. And I feel like my canvas is this, you know, these gardens that I have and, and, and it's been so for me for COVID, it's been the most therapeutic, therapeutic experience of, you know, growing, um, growing food and flowers and meeting my neighbors and building community around food and, and cooking. And it's so easy. Grow zucchini, cut it in little chunks, saute it in whatever you want, butter, or olive oil. It's fantastic. It takes two seconds. Broccoli, cauliflower, zucchini, tomatoes, corn, all these wonderful things I grow and all different types of kale and chard and collard greens and spinach and arugula and parsley and cilantro, all these healthy greens. I feel like when I go to a restaurant, it's like, oh, it's not as good as we got at home because <laughs> we're using such fresh ingredients after cooking at home for a year and a half. Oh, yeah. I mean, in California, we're so lucky. I have a farmer's market almost every day in somewhere within in my county that I have the most beautiful butter lettuce right now, beautiful end of year, those dry farm tomatoes right now. So get excited about food and growing food and vegetables and compost is right in there. And it's such like the basic things, sharing food, building community, sitting around a table with people and laughing and turning off the interweb, right? Be where your feet are, young people. When I've met some young people recently, they're all on their phones. I can't compete with that. I'm entertaining usually to people, but I can't compete with YouTube. So you got to put that down for a second, you know? And I just feel like the kids are losing. How do they even talk to one another? That's a whole different show. I have to tell you, I used to, um, back in the 90s, I would get like a really nice cantaloupe. And then I would take all the seeds, okay? And I'd put the seeds, I had these tiny, tiny, I mean, the size of my palm um, uh, clay pots with like like dirt, enough dirt that I picked it up in my hand, okay? Soil. And I would plant two or three in there and I would drip a little water and put in my windowsills. And I'm not kidding. There were days I would sit and watch because that the cantaloupe vine grows so quickly that it would like come up. And then it would like flip its sound around. And every now and then it would start moving. It was freaky. But my cat is beautiful. My old, I mean, mesmerized. I used to think maybe I did take psychedelics watching this, but I didn't. But here's the thing. My old cat, my old cat, Jack, used to sit with me and I'd go Jackie and he'd look at me and he would let the vine get. I'm not kidding. This is how he would do it. As long as he was. As soon as it was long as he was, I would come out in the morning and he would have eaten it down to the dirt. And then... A day later, it just started regrowing. And he kept, and then he'd go at like at halfway down, he would measure himself. I go, Jackie, and he'd look at me. I'm like, Jack, I swear to God, I have to go to work. I, if I come back here and that is eaten to the nub, you're dead, man. I come back, he'd do it again. But he loved it because the cantaloupe leaf and the vine, they're kind of furry. Yep. They, they put off little, like, you know what I mean? A little, like a little tiny, little, almost like nose hairs. 
And he would, I would watch the excitement in this fucking cat's face because he's like, I'm going to eat you when you are the length of me. And that is my story to you about, about even cats enjoy gardening. That's my point, people. I love it. It's, and it is in those vines. A lot of viney, it's like they almost take shape and they reach for things. If anyone's ever grown anything up a trellis, I grew sweet peas this year and watching them reach. And actually, I grew my sweet peas this year around some olive trees. And it was so beautiful because they grew up through there. But anything with the vine, even nasturtium, that grows like crazy. You know, you can almost watch it grow. And sunflowers grow so fast for kids. It's such a great project. Okay, so here's how we end all these shows. It's three simple questions. You know all the answers. Question number one, where do people find you online to find out more about composting? Because you don't live online. So how do they find you? You know, they could stop by my garden. That's the best. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by. Um, ask Steve for my address. I'll give it to you. Where can they find me? You know, that is a hard place. I'm on Facebook. You can find me there. Okay. And actually, what we have a Facebook page. There are a group of us called the Santa Cruz Eco Angels. We're on the scene making it green. And we have a Facebook page. Basically, I will show up to your parties and just bring real dishes and don't charge you to try to say, just use real stuff, people. And I, I, I'll give you cloth napkins, some jars, some plates, and some metal forks. Um, you'll be so proud of me. I'm going to go off topic for one quick second. Maybe I'll edit this. Maybe I won't. Um, I got my mom a set of brand new cloth napkins to get her to stop buying paper napkins. And she agreed to, she agreed to it and she's using them. And they're so fun. It's so classy. Using a cloth napkins, like when your friend comes over, make it nice. Put out a real cloth napkin. Question number two. This can go back to anything we've already talked about. It doesn't have to be about composting. It can be about anything you want. The question is simple. Who inspires you? Oh my God. There are so many people, but I will say Yvonne Chouinard, he's named after his mother, this poor man, this Canadian guy. He was the CEO of Patagonia and he wrote a book called Let My People Go Surfing. I was at a film festival a decade ago. We were talking. I thought he just worked at Patagonia. I thought he was, I don't know what I thought he was. I didn't know he was the CEO. And we talked for an hour And he really inspired me to say, do something local, Michelle. You can't stop mountaintop removal in West Virginia when I'm in California and I was working at LA Unified at the time. So it's like that was kind of my inspiration to start my green talks, trying to get kids to look at single-use plastic and what could they do at birthday parties. So I would go around. So Yvonne Chouinard is one of my favorite people. They were the first company in the United States to have organic food in the cafeteria and you could bring your baby to work. So Yvonne Chouinard, one of my big inspirations. And the final question can go to anywhere you want to go. It's really simple. It's how we end all these shows. Tell me something good. Well, the most recent thing is the magic mycelium. That is this underground network. And it's, it is so intense. And there's so much information that's being passed. And that we didn't even understand this until so recently. So I feel like when you're out in the woods... There really is magic happening just under that soil. Thank you, Michelle, for sharing your good. Okay, people, who is ready to compost with me? Show of hands. Get you a composter. Trade stories with me about it on social media. Let's do this good thing and help our planet. Man, I am pumped. Are you? Let's take some good action, yes? Next time on World Gone Good. 
when we started the project and did some experiments, we came to an, uh, an ambitious goal of helping 100 people within 12 months to discover their purpose. I started asking a different question. I asked, what do you like to do? Are you happy? Are you evolving yourself while you are doing what you are doing? It's something that I, I really interested back. We are going internationally good with Jeroen Ferreau from the Netherlands, Valentina Coco from Switzerland, and Daniel Herrera from Mexico, all from Project 100. Ask yourself this question, what is your purpose? Do you wake up every morning excited to fulfill that purpose? How do you define yourself? Project 100 can help you answer all these questions and so much more and bonus good points to the four of us because we found a time in four different time zones to be recorded at the same time. Be impressed, okay? And be ready to live the life you've always wanted to live, the good life you've always wanted. Until then, be good.